Welcome to the Weekly Pass. Bonnie Jill is out of studio, but we are taking over for her today. We're talking the NFL, NBA, and we have Jovan Buha, a writer of the NBA, joining us right now. Let's get to it. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Motorsport. Don't you just feel like jamming right now, David Bloom? Amigos? Yes. I mean, I'm bringing my inner, like, thug right now. Oh, good for you. I'm just laying into it a little bit. Good for you. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. Oh, we're not. Don't worry. This guy. I gotta be with this guy. Bonnie Jill is not in studio. She is slaying the game. She'll be back with us. We've got some exciting news we'll share with you when she's ready for that. But welcome to the Weekly Pass. I am Becky Sotero. Who are you, David? Um... Well, I mean, you just kind of gave it away for us. <laughs> Your him. last name, though. Oh, my last name. <laughs> well, if that's important, I'm David Bloom, David H. Bloom, Instagram and Twitter. He's missing high school right now for this. I am. I am missing actual real-life <laughs> senior year of high school. It's very difficult. But nobody, I don't think I've ever, is there any 17-year-old in the world that knows as much about sports as you? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't want to claim that I Boom. do because then I sound like I'm bragging, so I'm going to go I'll with, brag for you. I don't know. I'll brag for you. Our amazing prodigy know. in the house. We are going to be oh, chatting all things NBA we have Jovan Buha. He's a, an incredible writer for all kinds of... He's just had an incredible summer. So he's going to be with us um, over the phone. And then, oh my gosh, what else do we have? We have the uh, NFL. The NFL season. is gearing up. It's in a couple days on Thursdays, the first yes. game. Falcons-Eagles. Are you Okay, so what matchup are you excited for to see? Oof. I know. I'm looking forward to Pittsburgh and, and Cleveland. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see how Cleveland can stack up with their new roster. I mean, you know, you have Tyrod and yeah. Baker, and they just got guys like Josh Gordon could be coming back, and they yeah. just got guys like Jarvis Landry. Right. I want to see if Carlos Hyde can make mm. a difference in the run game because mm. you know they lost Isaiah Crowell to right. the Jets. I want to see if maybe uh, Duke Johnson Jr. can have a little bit of something, and I want to sure. see if they can involve Nick Chubb. Like, they, they drafted him uh, after Baker, and I want to see – if he has any sort of running back potential, because I know they're going to be high on right. Baker. They're high on him in preseason. If you watch Hard Knocks, they're high on him. Yes. People but he's are, delivered, too. And his stats... He's delivered his, enough. We, I know we worried about whether he could be at the elite level of, of the NFL, but his stats, even in college, have just lended him to be such a phenomenal player. And he's done really well in the he's preseason. He's well in preseason, but the Browns do well in preseason. I the know, Browns went 0-16 last year because Corey Coleman couldn't catch a pass. Yeah. Yeah. And they got rid of Coleman. They got rid of Deshaun Kaiser. I don't Kaiser. know. I just think that there's something different about... I, I'll, I'll eat my words, it's but really I think there's something hard. different about it. It's him. really hard to think there's something different about the Browns because they are the Browns. <laughs> and going up against a team like the Steelers, a team who has bringing Big Ben back, yeah. okay. Antonio Brown, who Mike Tomlin said will be ready for... But we're still waiting on... Week one, still waiting on Le'Veon yeah, Bell. Le'Veon Bell. He'll be back. I'm... I don't know him personally, but I'm pretty sure he'll yeah. be back. I know that's a nice dynamic o- offense with mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes, they have they have options, and I mean, of course. But I just think what I'm hoping is that maybe Baker being there, being strong at the helm, can maybe help. I'm not saying that they're going to be help, in the but playoffs. They still, I don't. They still don't have the defense they need. Sure. To take care of that because you see a lot of teams Jacksonville mm-hmm. mainly I mean they call them Saxonville right <laughs> that's the reason why they made it so far sure. yeah Leonard Fournette was good mm-hmm. yeah Blake Bortles was better than people thought he would be right but Allen Robinson got hurt mm-hmm. on his first catch of the entire year yeah. and the players Marquise Marquise Lee didn't right. stack up to everything they needed him to be and 
they couldn't get past the Patriots. But right. the reason why they got all the way to the Patriots was their defense. Sure. It was guys like Paul Pazlesny and guys like Jalen Ramsey. But, that was but the to, your, to your point, Steelers' defense is not ideal it's either. It's not ideal so. either. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, okay, we know we know running backs are there. It's it's yeah, it's going to be an interesting yeah, the game. The Steelers. But, but you but you didn't answer my question. So who are you excited about? Oh, who am I excited yes. about? Well, I always want to see the Green Bay Chicago game. Yes. I think that's really important. I know if you're unaware, the mm-hmm. Bears just landed Khalil Mack. Okay. Pro Bowl linebacker yes. from the Raiders. 6-year deal they just signed him to. The Raiders. Massive. The Raiders are throwing away players. The yeah. Raiders I just I don't know what they're doing. They're grooming themselves for Vegas. I mean, I think they're just kind of yeah. There, I think it was a mistake letting him go. I mean, Aaron Donald just signed the huge deal with the Rams. Yes. the high. I think the highest paid defensive player. Yeah, because people don't value defensive players in the league anymore. No. But they really they have an impact, yeah. and you'll see it with the Bears. The Bears mm-hmm. now they added out. Alan, yeah, Allen Robinson mm-hmm. yes. from the Jaguars, yeah. and Mitchell Trubinsky is trying to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't really play him a whole lot when he was drafted, but sure. they're kind of leaning on him more. And he's not yeah. the ideal quarterback, but they do guys. They do have guys like Jordan Howard, mm-hmm. who I don't believe. I don't actually believe in Jordan Howard yeah. as much as I do as last year because Jordan Howard with Tariq Cohen in the backfield is not going to get the ball as much, right. and they're going to look for him through the air, and he right. doesn't have the hands like a guy right. like, I'll throw it over to the Patriots sure, last sure. year with uh, Deion Lewis. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's that's not who he is. He's sure. a strong, big back. Right. And he just, I don't know if he can be that. And then you have on the flip side, you have sure. the Packers offense. You know, they just that's got rid team. of Jordy. That's your my team. team. They just got Jimmy Graham. Aaron Rodgers is hopefully back and healthy. Yeah. I say hopefully because I know he's back, yeah. but I never want to jinx anything. I know, I know. They got the run game. Aaron Jones had the suspension, and now they're just kind of limiting it between Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. A couple years ago, if you're not aware, the Packers, they had Eddie Lacy, and Eddie Lacy, who got traded to the Steelers or free agent of the Steelers, was the big, strong back. He kind of reminded the Steelers, um, I'm saying Steelers, Seahawks. Seahawks, Excuse me, the Seahawks. He reminded the Seahawks of when they had Marshawn Lynch. So now the Packers kind of went real small with running back. They went with a guy like Jamal Williams, who could kind of just... Uh, fit through the holes yep. and like go through the seams and and then they got a guy like Ty mm-hmm. Montgomery who was way more of a passing threat than anything. Mm-hmm. You're not going to give Ty Montgomery the ball to like push through the line, but you're going to give Ty Montgomery right. the ball if you want to run maybe like an out route for him, right. a quick little in. But the Packers, they're looking. They're. I mean, I'm okay. trying to say this with no bias, I but know. they're looking nice. And every year they take on Chicago yep. and they always fare well. And then they take on the Lions. Right. That whole NFC. NFC North. Mm-hmm. It's just a whole story because you have the Vikings. Yeah. You have the Kirk Cousins Vikings with Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs and I'm Thielen and Dalvin Cook who's coming right. back from being injured and they're looking good. They had yeah. the miracle against the Saints with that just amazing Stephon Diggs touchdown yeah. from Case Keenum but now you add Kirk Cousins and yeah. trying to it's a weird bias for me, I know, because I'm a Packers fan, but Kirk's on my fantasy team. So, uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins, if you could channel a little bit of that uh, <laughs> Vikings magic, that would be okay. Well, we have to. I'm going to interrupt you because we have some good stuff, David. We have to dive into Colin Kaepernick. You oh, guys, let's please. This dive is into the Colin latest Kaepernick. in Kaepernick. Excuse me. I know. Well, only because this is such breaking news right now with his deal with Nike. You'd have to live under a you know a rock to not know about this. But I want to hear your thoughts on this, and we'll ask you Ivana as well what he thinks. Um, publicity stunt, if you will. Mm. I mean, where, where's Nike been for two years is, is my question. Also, 
you know, I, I, I know Colin Kaepernick can't come out and really talk about what's going on, but he because of the the settlement and all of that that's going on. But he could have a lot sooner, and, I, and nobody's heard from Colin. So how is this going to benefit Colin? How is this going to benefit Nike? I know people on the flip side are burning their Nike shoes yeah. and whatnot, which is just juvenile. Like it is what it is. Nike is you know Phil Knight. They they strategize. They know what they're doing. So they're not worried about lost sales. <laughs> but what are your thoughts? No, on they this? do know what they're doing. But I mean. It is random, and it kind of feels out of nowhere. Why now? Why, like Nike, pretty much, why now? Yeah. But I wholeheartedly respect the campaign. Yeah. Like, the idea that Colin Kaepernick, he really Mm -hmm. did sacrifice a lot Mm -hmm. for his cause. Like, what he believed, everyone everyone turned on him. Yeah, I mean, he's not playing. He's not playing his sport. Not everyone turned on, but the major people, he... It would be detrimental to have turn on you in the right. NFL. They turned on him, and he got a lot. Of, and I and I support everything he's doing. I believe yeah. in uh, free uh, free speech, freedom of speech, freedom yes. of speech. Yes. There it is. Yes, not working on full capacity today, but I believe yeah. in his movement, his cause. But, I believe. But does that, it? But does it not bother you that he hasn't really spoken up about it? I mean, I guess actions speak louder than words. Maybe he doesn't feel like he had yeah. to justify no, it. No, actions do but speak louder than words. that's kind of the issue that a lot of people have, is that he's not coming to the forefront. Or, I mean, now he can't because of the legal side of it, but but um, the investigation. But I just think at the end of the day, he never really spoke about his side of it. No, and, but he, and, you know. what he did was he kind of started this movement, yeah. and then he let everyone follow in his footsteps, and he let them speak for him, which yeah. is Honestly, amazing. Which is amazing. And I mean, I will say that commercialism is such a massive, you know, piece of, so, you know, social activity. So, I mean, Nike is really capitalizing, using their corporate money to really, you know, boost this whole they are. propaganda. They are. They're going after the market that believes yeah. in his cause. And then there's a whole market that doesn't. Right. And there's a whole market that's burning their Nike shoes. But there always and- will be. And I guess that's kind of the back and forth that we just need to... It, 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 yeah, it's except. Yeah, it's the idea of you can't have both markets. Right. In anything you do, you got to pick a market, and they pick their market. They yeah. could have had a complete campaign where they were like against Colin Kaepernick, sure. and against everything he was doing, and all the people that were against. So be like, yeah, I'm going to buy some Nikes. Then everyone for him would have been like, I'm going to burn my Nikes. Yeah, but they just kind of flipped that. And I think if they went against Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. personally, I would have been a little weirded out by that. Like, yeah. I would have thought that's kind of a weird. Well, and I okay, mean, leave it but. leave it to Nike too. I mean, obviously they're in the they're in the, you know NBA, the NHL. They're all over, so they they support diversity. They support the, they support freedom of speech. So they they're do. they're very smart about and strategic about how they're approaching this. But it just seems like there's just been such a outrage about it. There, I just was honestly shocked. Yeah, I'm I'm really shocked by the outrage. But I do I feel like Nike is getting on the right side of the argument where they can. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're just trying to find their place in to just say, oh, okay, we stand mm-hmm. over here and they're showing where they stand with this campaign. Yeah, but do, don't you feel that's been a lot of the talk is that they're on the right side of history, but is it too late? Is it too late? You know what I mean? Like he's, I don't I don't think it's ever two years? too late. <laughs> I think to bring something up, and yeah. I, w- I don't, I don't even want to say rehash, sure. but it's still an ongoing thing. And for Nike just to chime in, it really gives this side a lot more power. Of course, of course. And I think, I mean, there's something to be said too that this is going to weigh so strongly on Kaepernick's side for this mm-hmm. legal battle against NFL too. Johan, hey, hey, what's up, buddy? How are you guys? I miss you. I wish you were in studio with us. <laughs> 
I know. I wish I was too. You guys. Uh, I'm glad to be back on. World, we have Yovan Buha on with us right now. Um, introduce yourself. Tell us all about your summer. And uh, you were at Summer League. You were at the T- Team USA uh, mini camp. Gosh, you were just all over the place. And we want our viewers to Is hear he? all about your adventures. Yeah, so last time I was on, I was an NBA editor for ESPN.com. And now I am the Clippers writer for The Athletic in Los Woo-hoo! Angeles. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, so um, going to be covering the Clippers this season. Uh, going to be going to Hawaii for training camp, uh, covering the team on the road, traveling with them and stuff. So really looking forward to that. Um, and then I'll, I'll probably cover the Lakers, like, uh, you know, towards the end of the season, sure. too, which, which mm-hmm. I'm excited for. Um, so, yeah, I uh, ended up going to so that, that switch happened at the end of June. So it's been a couple months, but uh, ended up going to Summer League for a week, uh, then back out to Vegas for Team USA minicamp. Uh, I will say nine days in Las Vegas. I, I don't recommend <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. It, it's very trying. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Um, All for the job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Uh, yeah, after after like day five or six, you, you just don't want to be there anymore. So, sure. uh, but that was really fun and, and cool to you know I hadn't been to summer league in a, in a couple of years, so it was nice to be back. And, and Team USA it was amazing, mm. just kind of seeing firsthand like the, the practices and, and guys going at it and stuff. So uh, it's been a good summer. Uh, and then training camp now starts in less than three weeks. So, uh, so good. Already, you know, the, the new season is upon us. So you're spending a lot more time with Clippers primarily than not so much with Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna try to go to every Laker home game sure. uh, mm-hmm. that I can, uh, but you know, it, it you know, Clippers will be my priority. So if they're on the road and Lakers are at home, uh, you know, I'll be focused on the Clippers and then not the Lakers. Yeah, so, well, I mean, yeah, how Clippers can, is my primary focus. How can you not be? I mean, we've got I don't know. You have to have your foot in it a little bit with LeBron in town. How? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> a once in a generation thing, right? So there's, there's and no way I'm miss that. can you kind of speak to that on how you feel about that dynamic and how the Clippers are going to be kind of clawing for their their space? I'm going to let David take the reins here in a minute because he's our Clippers resident fan here. But I just want to know kind of what your thoughts are on how the Clippers are going to be able to kind of rise above that that energy that the Lakers have. It, it's going to be really difficult. Uh, I'm not going to lie because you know LeBron James is not only, you know, the most famous NBA player, he's probably the most famous American athlete, you know, right right now, uh, and one of the most famous athletes in the world. So I, I just feel like he's such a, a force that, um, you know, you just kind of combine his star power with, with the Lakers' star power, and I, I just think that they're going to dominate the news cycle. Uh, you know, we we all know, like, during the season, everything LeBron does on social media, he liked this post, he commented this, he posted this, like, Everyone overreacts. Now you take that, you know, that was in Cleveland. Take that at the Lakers, which already the Lakers were still very relevant despite being so bad the last few years. Uh, I, I just think it's a recipe for, uh, you know, that's, it's going to be the story of the season is, you know, how good are the Lakers? How, how good is LeBron? Mm. Can they actually compete with the Warriors? And for the Clippers, like, I, I think, you know, they're on the outside looking into the playoff picture. Uh, I think, you know, for them to make the playoffs, some of the teams ahead of them have to, have, you know, suffer some really bad injuries, and the Clippers have to stay healthy, which they, you know, probably won't be able to mm-hmm. do based on their personnel. So, yeah. I think it's going to kind of be a weird year for for the Clippers, but uh, I'm excited to, to see how their young guys develop. The, you know, they got a couple lottery picks, um, and I think Tobias Harris is going to have a really big year. It's a contract year for him. So, there, there's some interesting stuff if you're a hardcore basketball mm. fan or you know a big Clippers fan, but. 
you know, it, there's no really, you know, easy way to put it. Like the, the Lakers are going to be the, the story in LA and really the NBA this season. Well, I mean, LeBron is always going to be the story wherever he goes. When he went to Miami, the whole NBA flocked to Miami. <laughs> I mean, I think I definitely agree with you. I think for the Clippers, what they have to do, speaking more on that side, is they kind of have transitioned away from their lob city mentality by getting rid of Chris and Blake and DeAndre. And now I feel like they got to kind of focus on more of this gritty style basketball with guys like Patrick Beverly. You know, they just drafted their lottery pick, Shia Alexander, and they passed up on Michael Porter Jr., which is interesting, and mm-hmm. they grabbed uh, Jerome Robinson from uh, BC. Uh, but they really have to focus more on playing that lockdown, the, almost call it Clamp City type basketball that Patrick Beverly has described, and he even said that yeah. they're a threat to the Warriors, which I don't wholeheartedly believe. But <laughs> they really got to just kind of <laughs> use every guy they can. And you saw when they started to lose when they started mm-hmm. to lose Chris, they started to go to guys like Sandarius Thornwell and um, Juwan Evans because they could. When they had the big three, they would never, ever use a guy like that. Mm. Like Reggie Bullock would never, ever get playing time. But now you look and you know is going to get uh, good minutes. So you know Jerome's going to come off the bench well. And then you have Patrick Beverly and then Lou Williams. And then you got... Um, Polish Hammer, Marcin Gortat. You got Marcin Gortat down there, and hopefully he can make some sort of influence at his age. But they're really like a all-around kind of team. I mean, the Warriors are all-around great team, but I feel like they just got to use what they have mm-hmm. and just play into that scheme. Like they they got to play who they are. How do you feel yeah, about that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a scrap. It's a scrappy group. Like last year. I felt that they kind of overachieved and then really, like, shouldn't have been in the playoff mm. race, but they're in oh, the playoff race until the, yeah. the, the third to last, uh, you know, game of the season. So I, I completely agree with you. They have a bunch of scrappy role players, energy guys, defensive-minded people, shooters. Like, And, you know, I think the, the way for them to get into the postseason is kind of the, the sum of their parts being, being greater than, than what they are. So I think that's kind of the path. Mm-hmm. Who are some breakout teams for you? Now, I know, I mean, obviously the West is so heavy. I, I, I feel like how is anyone going to contend with the Warriors or the Rockets? But who are some, you know, even in the East, who are you, who are you liking? I mean, I, I'm, we'll kind of switch back to this other question, but I'm, I, I really like Kevin Knox. I know that he's, you know, a rookie this year for the Knicks, but do you feel like the Knicks have any, you know, run this season? I know it's all about the Celtics, but just kind of your thoughts overall on teams that you really are excited for. So I think the Knicks, I do like Kevin Knox, but I think the Knicks are going to be really bad. But that's more because of Porzingis being out. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the, the earliest he will come back is January. And then sure. at that point, depending on if they're still in the playoff picture or not, like, you know, it would not surprise me if they sat him for the season. Well, yeah, and January's um, so late. For- <laughs> it's too late, exactly. honestly. So it's like, yeah, and I, I just think that they don't have a lot of depth. And, like, if you're just... You're saying like their best players are like Kevin Knox, Ennis mm-hmm. Cantor, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Like that's not that you know sure. good of a team. So I, I'm not too high on the Knicks, but I'm you know you just said the Celtics. Like I, I'm very high on the Celtics. I I think the Celtics, uh, as long as they're healthy, which mm-hmm. you know going to the season they they will be. Uh, I think they're the second best team in the NBA now. Uh, that the Rockets lost Trevor Ariza and uh, Luke Mbamute. Uh, I think the Celtics. I mean, you saw what they did. They they took. You know they, they took the Cavs to, to Game Seven uh, right. w- without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. So I think you add those two guys. Like I think they should be the heavy favorites in the East. 
Um, I, I really don't see any way, you know, Toronto or, or Philly can beat Boston right. if they're healthy. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that lineup of, uh, you know, if they go like Horford, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, and Kyrie, like mm. that's probably the second best lineup in, in the NBA behind yeah. the Warriors uh, starting lineup once Boogie's back. So I, I think Boston is going to be really, really good. Um, teams I'm high on, like I, I think you, people are sleeping on Utah. I, oh, for I would sure. not surprise yeah. me if Utah Love is that. the number two seed. Um, you know, last year when they were healthy, they were on pace for like 60 wins and mm. it was just Rudy Gobert missed 30 games. So in those 30 games, they were so bad that, you know, they, they barely, you know, they ended up kind of barely making the playoffs. But um, I think it went healthy. Like Utah can kind of push for like 55 wins, which might be enough for the two seed this season. Um, I, I think that people are sleeping on Denver too. I think Denver is probably going to make the playoffs, which is going to, you know, push someone else out. And then in the East, I'm really hot in Milwaukee. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at who has coached that team for the past few years, they've kind of had a revolving door of bad to mediocre coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mike Budenholzer is a really, really good coach. You saw what he did in, in Atlanta when he had a, you know, not even that good of a team, but just like had some solid players. You know, they had multiple All Stars, 61 season. So you give him Giannis, like uh, and, you know, Chris Middleton, Bledsoe, like Brogdon. Um, you know, they have some nice, you know, just Scott Brook Lopez, like. They have some nice pieces in Milwaukee, and sure. I think that that would be the team I'd pick in the East to kind of make the jump into like maybe that like number three or four range. Um, mm. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they're pushing towards fifty wins next season. Oh, I completely agree, and I respect the the, the Nuggets pick because people are really <laughs> sleeping on the Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets have guys like Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap. Mm. They just got Isaiah Thomas. They mm, drafted Michael yes. Porter Jr. They still have Gary Harris. They're a nice, well-routed team that in this West, they can actually sneak their way in. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you still have guys, I mean, teams at the bottom, like, you know, like the Timberwolves and the Rockets, you said. Mm-hmm. They lost Ariza. They're going to start to decline. They lost Mute on defense. Back yeah. to the Clippers. Yeah. And I definitely agree with the Bucks in the East. The new coaching, Giannis Antetokounmpo, is just getting better every single year. Mm-hmm. Brogdon, I think, I, I was high on him. I really was high on that kid, but he's just kind of faded a little bit, and he's what they need because mm-hmm. then they can use guys like Lopez and Middleton, but he's he's not enough. And another team I think that I wouldn't say people are sleeping on, but give them a couple years, and if they develop, they'll be something is the Chicago Bulls because they have such a young lineup with guys like Zach Levine and Chris Dunn and Jabari Parker and Wendell Carter Jr. and Laurie Markkinen. They're young and these are all players who still can prove themselves. Zach Levine's proving himself more and more. He's kind of panning out to the player he'll be. Laurie Markkinen was just crazy. They got him in the uh, in the draft trade for Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. And then they just drafted um, the Wendell Carter Jr. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they are very set, I think, for the next, once the Warriors' reign kind of stops. And then they just, mm-hmm. they can fall into that spot in the East. Hopefully... Um, I don't want to say hopefully, but the Celtics soon will fall. Kyrie's. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that anybody can. I, the Celtics are, I feel, oh, the, the Celtics only team, the team that can really give the Warriors a run for their money. Johan, how do you feel about that in terms of the East? That the Celtics giving the Warriors. A yeah, run like, do you do you feel like anybody can really be like healthy? I know we're all assuming healthy, but do you think that anybody can really give? You know, in terms of the East, the uh, the the Celtics run for the money in terms of meeting the Warriors. For playoffs, 
Um, I mean, I, I would say it like the, the the two teams that in in theory could do it are. I still think the Rockets. Okay. Um, you know, like I, I'm skeptical because because now I, I think for me, what how I've been gauging moves for mm-hmm. teams this off season is really like how does this match up against the Warriors? Because like exactly, all, no, exactly. exactly. You, you know. Like you saw, the, um, you know, Magic Johnson did an interview uh, on ESPN during summer league, and he was kind of saying, like, uh, you know, he, he, t- he took some of the blueprint of, of the Rockets and Celtics, but then he also kind of w- was like, you know, kind of dismissing the Warriors as like, you know, we got to prepare for everyone else, and, and you know, it's not just about the Warriors. I'm like, no, it is just about the Warriors. Yeah. Like the Warriors <laughs> are the, the NBA boogeyman. Like you can, you know, you can add whoever you want and, and play whatever style you want. But if it's not conducive to beating the Warriors, it doesn't matter because you're, you know, if you want to win a title, you're going to absolutely. Have to go I, don't, I don't feel like anybody's making decisions based on individual talent. It's about structuring and strategizing to beat the Warriors. It very much <laughs> is. Well, what do you think about the idea of waiting till the Warriors are done and planning for maybe four to five years in the future? I think that. <laughs> it kind of makes some sense. Like, I think you look at it, um, like, I feel like the, the Lakers are kind of trying to strike that balance of, you know, kind of trying to, I mean, I think if you're the Lakers, you, you got to try to win now just because LeBron is, is yeah. such a player that you can't just waste LeBron's, like, you know, remaining prime, which is insane that he's still in his prime after, like, 15 years. But, mm. you, you know, you can't waste, you can't, LeBron cannot afford to waste like a season just like all right it's gonna be me and the young guys and we'll just right. see what happens like you got to go for it if you have lebron uh but that said i think the lakers are kind of trying to strike that balance um but looking at it like i i, I i'm interested to see what you know a team like the sun like with, with devin booker and deandre now like how, how do they look in three to four years mm. um you, know, you mentioned the bulls uh, i think that there's some interesting young teams that like we'll, we'll see kind of how they develop but I think this—I mean—it's really to me the Rockets and the Celtics. Now, mm-hmm. the Rockets—I'm skeptical of the Carmelo Anthony fit, just because, um, you know, it just—he was such a poor fit in in OKC, and then like in theory, he like his skill set. If you're going to say like Olympic mellow and kind of that spot up right. like, um, and kind of him not being as ball dominant, like you didn't really see that as much last year, uh, and, and you know I don't think he was clearly not happy with his role in OKC. So I'm like. I don't see you having a much different role in like Houston. Like maybe they, they rely on him a little bit more because, um, mm-hmm. you know, for his ball dominant as Harden and Chris Paul are, I don't think they're going to shoot as much combined as like Westbrook and Paul George. So maybe he has a slightly bigger role in Houston. But to me, I'm like, I do not see Carmelo Anthony being able to hang in, in crunch time against the Warriors. Like they will exploit him defensively. Yeah. He's not a good defender. And, and you know, now he's aging and, and mm-hmm. just kind of slowing down. Like I, I think they're going to exploit that. Celtics to me are the one team that, if healthy, if Tatum takes another step, if Jalen Brown takes mm-hmm. a, like, you just saw the way the Celtics played in the playoffs. So I was like, that's a team that could hang with the Warriors. Right, with their style they of play. could, and they, yeah, were injured. <laughs> they're switching so much. Like Al Horford could even switch on the guards. Like, uh, I just think the way the Celtics play, I would still pick the Warriors to beat them, but I would right now say it'd probably be a six or seven game series, and at that mm-hmm. point, like. You never know what can happen. So good. Well, I'd be remiss to not ask you about Kawhi. So how are we feeling about him for for next season? Clippers, I mean, they're going all in, aren't they? They're planning to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, the, the Clippers and the Lakers are the, the two non-Toronto favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would get, I mean, we'll see how the season goes. I, I think people that, um, 
you know, some of, some of the people that said like the Spurs won that trade or that it was like mm. you know a fair trade. Mm-hmm. To me, that the Raptors won that trade just because yeah, they did. Um, you know, when healthy, Kawhi is like, you know, he's a top five, even like maybe even top three. Mm. You know, just if you're factoring in like two way ability. Um, uh, so I think to me, if you could get that type of guy for DeRozan is a nice player. He's an all star. He's like an all NBA caliber guy, but. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're probably ranking guys, he's probably someone more in that like 15 to 20 range. So, to me, if you can flip someone like that for uh, someone of Kawhi's talent and a you know potential uh, ability like next season, if, if healthy, yeah. I, I just think that was a no-brainer for Toronto. And like they didn't really give up that much besides the Rosen to get him. So, uh, Kawhi, I mean, look, we we haven't seen like any highlights or, or workouts mm-hmm. of him playing. Uh, so it's kind of hard to say like how healthy he is. What you know. How athletic he looks, sure. what, what, you know, what a shot looks like, whatever. But um, I think if if all systems are go and, and he's healthy, like you, you got to put Toronto up there. Like uh, again, I don't think they could beat Boston, but I think they're probably number two right now. The, you know, it's like kind of them and Philly neck and neck. Um, and you know, I, th- I think Kawhi has a lot to prove now because it is a sure. contract here for him. There's, you know, he's gotten a lot of backlash for mm-hmm. the Spurs situation, mm-hmm. which. Last time I was on, we talked about it. I actually said I took, you know, I kind of took Kawhi's side a little bit more yeah. than, than most people were doing. I still stand by that. Um, I think the Spurs kind of mismanaged that situation more than more than Kawhi did. But sure. um, I think he has a lot to prove, and he's going to be very hungry to do that. And it's like, you know, he has a lot of money on the table. Yeah, well, I mean, comes back does not look good. He, I don't think he's going to get that super max. So sure, uh, he, he he has like two hundred plus million dollars you know reasoning to to have a good season so i'm expecting a huge year for him do you think the clippers will pay what he will desire you know in 2019 though for that free agency yeah 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 no i I think for sure um the clippers are gonna have a lot of cap space next summer and i think they'll give him whatever he wants uh especially for them like you know before the whole blake griffin chris paul thing they had Mm -hmm. never really had a star of that caliber um you know maybe elton brand was like the closest but he was always kind of like a secondary guy so yeah. I think for them, like if they could get a guy of Kawhi's caliber, like it's a no-brainer for them. To do yeah, that. they need they need that bad. They really do need that. They need a guy who can draw like Chris Paul drew and like Bro- and like Blake Griffin drew. Um, and I mean, we all know the Raptors are trying to pull the same thing the Thunder did with Paul George, where they get him for a year off a trade because he didn't want to be where he was, and now they're hoping to resign him, but people are not giving the Spurs the credit they deserve. They had a player that wanted to be out of there and they could have gotten little to nothing the Pacers also did well going and getting Oladipo no one knew he would be as good as he was but the Spurs were offered such trades that were nothing and Kawhi was like get me out of here so the fact that they got a guy like DeMar DeRozan and yes of course Kawhi Leonard's a much better player than DeMar DeRozan Mm -hmm. but the fact that they got a guy like that out of a player that was going no matter what even they even got a guy like Yaka Pirtle as well People not, are not giving them the credit they deserve. And I think while they're not going to be who they were, I still think they have a place in the low end of the West. And I think even the Lamont retired and Parker's gone. Duncan retired a while ago. That whole era is kind of done. LaMarcus Aldridge is still there. You can pair nice with them. Jonte Murray. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not as horrible as people think they are. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I think... The, the one thing that I thought was interesting with the, the Rosen trade was that if you looked at it, like all the rumor trades kind of beforehand, it was like, you know, initially like the Lakers young guys and then like the Celtics young guys mm-hmm. and like the Sixers young guys. It was very 
future forward thinking trades. And the fact that they ended up trading for DeMar DeRozan, who's a guy like, you know, right now in the middle of his prime, probably going to be like a really good player for another like, you know, three or four years or whatever. Um, you know, that to me signals that it wouldn't, be, you know, would not surprise me if Greg Popovich retires soon. Oh, no, yes. I wouldn't be surprised and, at all. And, you know, looking at like 20, you know, the 2020 Olympics, he's yep. going to coach that team. Yep. So, you know, if, if you told me Pop coaches two more years, I was just going to say two, I mean, two seasons goes out with the Olympics like that. Because to me, DeRozan, like DeRozan is a win now move. You know, to me, like, I'm like, if, if you're going for DeRozan, another like all star you're saying you want to continue to be competitive and win and you don't want you don't want to bring in young guys and kind of rebuild and pop's last you know two three years whatever so to me that kind of signaled pop is probably leaving soon they Mm -hmm. want to remain at least competitive in 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 the playoff race and i think that if that was their goal which it seems like it is like they achieved that for sure i I just think for me if you could have gotten like an ingram or a kuzma or jalen brown or or like uh you know sarge and fold something like that that would have set you up longer term, uh, I think, a little bit better. But um, if your goal is like, hey, Pop's leaving, we got to stay competitive. I, I think they did that. Right. Well, speaking of uh, Kuzma and DeRozan, did you uh, check out Drew League this year? I know sometimes you go. I did not. Um, I'm kind of sad that I, I never made it out there. Oh um, man. Just kind of with, with traveling and stuff, it, it was you know. But we, uh, yeah. I, I do love the Drew League, and uh, it's always a fun time. And, yeah. And, shout out to Drew anyone, League. But, Ooh. In LA, I should check it out. Yeah, it's so good. I feel like it's just expanded so much in the last three years. And anyway, I know you're you've attended it in the past, and it, it was a pretty lit season this year. So, uh, big big things ahead. I know we have to let you go in a minute, but uh, what's kind of on the cusp for you? The horizon? Anything exciting besides you know? I know obviously Clippers and kind of diving into that, but anything you know maybe next summer that you're looking forward to? What's what's up with you? Well, I think next summer is going to be a huge summer for the NBA. Just mm-hmm. kind of looking at uh free you know potential free agents in um you know like Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, right. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, um just kind of going on and on. Like there's there's a bunch of high profile guys and there's a lot of smoke out there about, you know, multiple you know, guys potentially leaving, whether that's going to LA or, or going to the Knicks mm. or, or whatever. So I, I think, you know, it would be very interesting to see kind of where you know this time next next year 2019 um you know how the nba looks what the landscape looks like you know maybe sure. the warriors have, have broke you know, clay thompson's another guy maybe the warriors have broken right. up or, or mm-hmm. one of their guys left i mean he's made it, vulnerable now he's made it pretty clear he's not leaving but yeah there's hope right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you, you never there, there's always like there, there's always unforeseen like because if you told me a, a year ago Kawhi leonard was going to demand a trade i would have said you're crazy right like, of you course know, Kawhi leonard was, was probably the, the last guy you'd ever pick to, to demand a trade like he, you know that was not in his personality whatsoever so i just think it's going to be an mm-hmm. interesting 12 months of of how the season goes and then mm. and how all that affects next summer uh for me personally I, I have a big story on tobias harris coming out uh in, in a few weeks which i'm excited wow. about outstanding where can they find that I'm, the world uh and then I, I might be working on something cool this weekend actually which uh I'll share more about on, on social media but uh Great. Can't give it away yet, but sure. it, it'd be a really cool story if I'm able to do it. So, well, where can everybody uh, find your it for, for me? Where can they find your stories at? Is it the Athletic still? Are you still writing for them, or is it? Yeah, yeah, the, okay. the Athletic.com. It is a subscription based, uh, but there's always like you know discounts and, and sure. um, mm-hmm. stuff, so it ends up being like like three bucks a month or something. Perfect. Uh, but uh, yeah, like you know, 
uh, also social channels like mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter at Yovanbuha, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Uh, that's kind of where you can find all my stuff. So mm-hmm. good. Yovan, thank you so much for joining us. You have so much information. I can't wait to see what happens with you. You're just sort of in this, like, the middle of this cyclone of this incredible NBA season <laughs> that we're in the midst of. Can't wait to see you. Hopefully I'll see you around, um, you know, Laker Nation. Hint, hint. I hope someday soon. So, uh, but <laughs> yeah. no, thank you yeah. so much for well, joining thank you us. Thank you for having me on. Yes, of course. We'll talk yeah. to you soon. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. So good. He's got oh, so much information. Great having him on, he's the best. Well, and I mean, I had to, I had to bring him on for you because you're a resident Clippers. I am. Guy. I might be. I know a little couple stuff about that team. Just a history. But so, Just imp- a so bit. it's interesting. Do you feel the same way about Pop? Do you think in a couple of years? Yeah. We're gonna oh see no, him? I do. Yeah. I think they're trying to stay competitive for him, but sure. it, it's they really can't do a whole lot. I mean, they could have tried to win later, but the pop, when you when Monty retired, it really kind of ended the whole pop yeah. era. Yeah. Like when Tim Duncan had a takeover after David Robinson and the Twin Towers kind of sure. ended, he did. Yeah. And that was because pop helped him. But now Tony Parker's era is done because he's in Charlotte. Monty retired. Yeah. Kawhi's gone. Yeah, it's so a new landscape for sure. It's really a new landscape. Well, I want to tip this to you, David. Thank Go you so it. much for joining us in the live chat, everybody. Also, follow us at BJL Weekly Pass. But some, uh, Star Drew asked, what will be the tightest division in the NBA? What are your thoughts on that? Division. We were going to ask Yovan, but we had to wow. say bye-bye. <laughs> First question I've got about yeah. NBA divisions. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you have any thoughts on that, the tightest? You know, Pacific. Okay. Solely because they got, guys, they got a team, mm-hmm. the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Lakers mm-hmm. and the Clippers could be scrappy, and you know the Suns are on the come. There's up. always hope. <laughs> Aiton, yeah, and uh, they made some good trades. Yeah, Josh yeah. Jackson. They're like they're looking nice. Okay, and then you got the Kings, but we're not going to talk about the Kings. We're not going to talk about the Sacramento Kings here. The only Kings we talk about here are the LA, LA ones. Kings because <laughs> I'm not. I'm just not in my uh, offending sure. Sacramento sure. Kings fans. But, I mean, technically what you're saying is the division that has the Gold State Warriors they've got, in it. They've got Curry and LeBron yeah. going head-to-head in the same division. Yeah. And I know basketball divisions, they used to matter. They don't matter anymore. Right. They're just for show. It's not like hockey. It's not like football. It's not like right. baseball. But that division is going to be tight because it's, it's two teams. Mm-hmm. And everyone's so high on the Lakers because they have LeBron. Right. Not realizing that the Lakers signed a bunch of goofballs on one-year deals, right. and they still got LeVar to deal with, and mm-hmm. all these young, inexperienced guys that Le- LeBron's got to take care of. Sure. And then there's the Warriors. There's and the Warriors. Warriors have an all-star lineup, one through five. Once Boogie gets back, yep. one through five. five. Yeah, it's it's you just can't compete with that. I mean, it's going to be such oh, an incredible season. Like. Yovan said, I'm so excited for that. Um, really quick, just some, before we you know, close this out, we just want to talk about some other updates. Carson Wentz is not going Carson to be Wentz. part of the nope. season opener. Um, he just hasn't, Foles hasn't looked good. I think, you know, it, it's just been a little bit of a weird, you know, mismatch. But I don't want to sleep on Foles because he's obviously no, defending never Super Bowl QB. But, I, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Do you think Foles will come out mm, on top? Well, or? I'm going to give you some very key information about Nick Foles. Love Nick it. Foles is the type of player that will show up show out yeah and then fall back down yeah like every roller, time, roller coaster player roller coaster yeah. nick Foles got a huge contract deal and then did not show mm-hmm. up because mm-hmm. he showed up i believe it was even for the eagles and he kind of bounced around the league before he went back to the eagles who was on the yeah. rams and right. they thought they used him more they didn't mm-hmm. they traded sam bradford for him mm-hmm. And then he goes back to the eagles and shows up and now they're like you're our starting quarterback for week mm-hmm. 1 while carson's not there yeah. and 
I guarantee you he's not going to do as well as he did in the playoffs. Okay. He doesn't have that fire. He's mm-hmm. kind of setting into the mundane of the NFL. Okay. Carson Wentz could do the mundane of the mm-hmm. NFL. Carson Wentz, I really hope he gets another, well, we've, not okay. another, a playoff but, we, but we've seen that in preseason, but you don't think that it will turn on for regular season, what I you're telling me? I don't think that he's going right. to be, because he treated the playoff run like, this is it. Yeah. Almost like a movie. Yeah. This the, is the, like, like no turning back, do or die. Yeah. This is 16 games. Yeah. 17 weeks minus the playoffs. Right. He's got to do all that until Carson mm-hmm. Wentz is healthy. And you know once Carson's healthy, they're going to go yeah. back to him. Unless Nick Foles proves me absolutely wrong. But yeah. I don't think he's made okay. for the mundane of the week-to-week NFL. All right. Well, we will see. We're, we're going to – I mean, we're going to see in, in the season we kicks will. off in it's four days or two days. Cup, yeah. This Sunday's the – Full, it's the first Sunday on. we have real football. So good. Well, we'll, Excited. We'll have so much to talk about on Tuesday. Thank you so much, my friends, for joining us. I'm Becky Sotero. You can find me on all social media. Becky Sotero, where can they find you, David? Um, David Bloom. You can find me, David H. Bloom, Instagram and Twitter. Come yell at me about my Nick Foles opinions. Come at him. Come at him. Or, like I said, join us in the chat. We've got a lot of things coming up, big news. So follow us um, at BJL Weekly Pass on Twitter. We just we want you to be part of the show, and like I said, if the schedule changes, it's a great great way to get updates. It so, is, yeah. Join us there. We'll see everybody next week, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here. Thanks, guys. Peace. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.